You're listening to the Stain and Seal Experts Podcast, where you'll get educated, get more money, grow your business, and kick the nine to five. Here is your host, an entrepreneur and mastermind behind the Stain and Seal Experts brand, Caleb Roth. Hey guys, it's Caleb with the Stain and Seal Experts Podcast. Not sure if we're live or not. It says we're live, but I don't see any uh, don't see any images. But today we are going to do uh, a cool podcast, something that is. Um, probably near and dear to a lot of you guys that are watching today. I know it sure was for me about taking the leap from um, working a day job and, and doing what some people call a side hustle or being an entrepreneur on the side, having a side business that you do on the weekend um, and making that leap to full-time entrepreneurship. If you don't mind, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me um, or something like that, or if you can see me, I just want to make sure. All this is coming through. I don't know if Tim can see and hear me or not. Maybe he'd give me a thumbs up. All right. Thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Looks like looks like we got some some applause. All right. Well, let's let's get started. First, Stain and Seal Experts Podcast. Um, Nashville Stain Contractor. My name's Caleb Roth, based in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, owner and operator here in, in Nashville, and then also owner of Expert Stain and Seal who is um, sponsoring this show today. So let's bring Tim on. Hey, Tim. Man, hey, can Caleb. Can you hear me? Yes. Glad you joined us today, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, it looks like we got an audience. I see we got John over in Charlotte, Mike up in Ohio, and a couple of Facebook users who I can't see who they are. But man. Yeah, I, th I think they can't see us. I, I, I had it on my phone, and I can... I can see the the background picture, but I don't see anything else. And a couple other people said oh. they can hear and not see. Mm, well, that's good to know. I will pull it up and let's see here. We need to add us to the to the broadcast. So remember, guys, I am a stain and seal guy doing technology. So that's the way it goes sometimes. Let me click a few buttons here and see if we can make something happen. Hmm. That's not good. <laughs> I see your logo. Yeah, the logo looks good. <laughs> Low humidity. That's content. That's his iPhone app. Keep excellent content. Awesome. So, Low humidity. Tim, that's... i tell you what. Yeah, here's what we'll do. I'm going to play with this while you tell your story a little bit, and I'm going to try to give you my undivided attention while putting another part of my attention on uh, getting the screen fixed. Um, so okay. why don't you just give us an introduction, maybe tell, tell us a little bit about where you're from and, and, and your background. And if you're, it sounds like your wife's there with you, she's probably just as big a part of this as you are, maybe more. And uh, if she wants to join in, she's welcome to. And, yeah, uh, she's right here us. by me doing, doing some homework. Awesome. Well, tell me how this thing all started, man. Tell us about your background. Um, so my name is Tim. Um, this, this whole thing kind of just started uh, randomly. We were we were trying to pay off some debt and somebody in my neighborhood Facebook group asked if anybody wanted to mow their grass for 60 bucks. And it was probably the worst 60 bucks I've ever made. It was way overgrown and definitely not worth it. And, uh, I went, I went out and did that and kind of just started doing odd jobs, um, trying to pay off some debt. And then, I started pressure washing. Um, 
did a couple things. I started learning, trying to study a little bit more and learn about it. And this whole time, a guy I worked with was always talking to me about staying in fences. He, uh, he, you know, did his own with just pressure washed it and covered it with the like Thompson's water seal and some stuff like that. And, you know, it really interested me because I didn't see a lot of people doing any kind of stain in here. So I, uh, I found actually the stain and seal experts group pretty quick and started bugging Caleb a lot and trying to learn. Um, and, you know, I did my first two fences with Thompson's water seal, just kind of, we just kind of did them. Didn't really know what we were doing, cleaned them. My wife actually did all the staining for the first about year and a half, two years. Um, and we just kept growing. And it was kind of a thing that just kind of started. And it's been growing ever since. Uh, we got to the point where I yes. wanted to – there we go. Um, we got to the point where I wanted to leave my <clears throat> job. I, my background is in retail management. I, was, I had a career for 16 years. And it was, it was tough. Like I was working sometimes two months straight every day. Um, so finally we made a plan uh, and failed miserably with that plan. Our plan was at the end of next year. I was, we were going to save up a bunch of money and leave and just go for it. And it just, we just got so busy. Um, when I left in August, I had, probably two months worth of work to do that would have taken me four or five months with doing it here and there. I had some guys working with me, um, you know, that helped, but it's still, I, I got to be there to check on it and show them what to do. And so we just got so busy and I just, you know, my wife and I talked about it. She uh, absolutely hated the idea. <laughs> and we just finally, I convinced her and, we just jumped in. Um, it's been about two months now, and I think even she agrees it was a good decision. She might not want to admit it, but it's, it's been good. Um, you know, work-life balance is a little bit better. It's still a struggle. Still got a lot to do. We're still trying to grow. Um, you know, I've, I've got big plans. I don't I don't want to just do this myself and mm -hmm. be an owner-operator forever. That's a good spot to be in, but... I'm trying to grow big. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's tough when to, to make that initial growth. So you were, so you've been full-time for two months. How, how many, did you say three years you were doing it part-time? It was about two years, uh, just right at two. We started two years ago in August with the, like just doing odd jobs thing. Um, I think leisure time pressure wash became a thing around November. That's when I did my first fence was November two years ago. And then it's been called leisure time pressure wash this whole time. Cause that's kind of what we started with, but it's mostly, I mean, deck staining is kind of our big thing. That's mostly what we do. Yeah. The, the name's actually really good. I like it. It, it leisure time. It's just, it makes sense. Yeah. My wife came up with it and like our motto is take back your leisure time. Let us do the work. You know, a lot of, you see people out there spending all weekend with the lawn doing their driveway and the whole idea is, like, let us do it, you know, enjoy your time with your family and playing golf or whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So so there had to be some emotion involved in this and a lot of heavy decision making. How long were you thinking about 
making the jump from part-time to full-time and, or did you, did you set a goal? If we get this much work, how did you make that decision? Um, so like I said, we made a plan and the plan was we were going to save up, um, and have you know, a year's worth of money for us personally in savings and then also business expenses and things like that. Um, and that was our plan, but then it just, it just got to be a lot and we were going back and forth. I mean, me and my wife probably fought about it and talked about it and a lot for about six months or so. Um, just trying to figure out what to do. I mean, she's a full-time student. She's staying in for me. Um, we've got four kids. I'm working 50 plus hours a week. Um, my job was an hour away. So driving two hours every day plus working 10, 12 hour days and then you're trying to do estimates. And, you know, I like to do estimates on fences and decks in person because I'm, yeah, I have a better close rate in person. Um, so just trying to do everything, it was tough. So we, we talked about it a lot for six months, um, going back and forth, like looking at numbers. And I'd say probably in a, around June, we kind of made the decision to, to do it soon. Um, and you know, we were, I was scared. We're both scared. Um, so we weren't ready to do it. We, we didn't have the money that we wanted to have. Um, the business was there. We were pretty busy. Uh, but it's stressful. We got four kids. My wife's a full-time student. So leaving a good paying job with health benefits and all that was, it was definitely scary. Um, the health insurance thing was a big one until we realized that it's not really that bad with what yeah. we're doing. Uh, but it, you know, it's something that's, that's different for everybody. We were doing like a high deductible plan and then we did direct primary care. So we pay about the same, but it's just kind of a different thing. Once we did it, I mean, it, it actually, once we decided it took me, three or four weeks to actually go in to work and tell my boss and give notice. Like I was, I was afraid to do it. You know, it's a, it's a big thing. Like 16 years of doing this. Yeah. um, You worked at a place, you worked at a place that was, that was pretty, uh, a coveted position, a coveted job. It wasn't like you worked at the the Sonic or something. I mean, you had a really good job that a lot of people really envy to have with really good benefits and, I think that company, you can even say their name. I don't think it'll hurt, but you get, yeah. you get, you get a lot of perks with stock options and things like that. Don't you? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I was, so I was a manager at Publix. Um, I was one step away from store manager. A lot of people see Publix and they're like, Oh, it's a grocery store, but it's, it's a lot more than that. It's, I mean, it's pretty good benefits. Um, really good pay. I mean, my position and up are making six figures, to make sure people put groceries on the shelf. Um, yeah. It's a Christian it, company. It's a, uh, it's a company that believes in a good experience. When you walk in They're they're kind of yeah. like a Chick-fil-A of grocery stores. The the biggest reason I stayed for so long. And, and one of the biggest things that was hard about leaving is they give us 8% of what we make each year in extra stock. Mm-hmm. So every year, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, they're giving you $8,000 in free public stock. 
And traditionally that's grown at a 16% rate each year. Wow. So that's, that's a big, you know, that's a good benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now you'll, you will, you will find in time you have a bigger shovel. You just have to have that discipline. Yeah. So, and I think the, the health insurance thing, I think we've just about got that figured out. I think we've been really studying that. Um, and I'll, that's another conversation, but I think, I think I figured the health insurance thing for entrepreneurs out. It's so simple. It's funny. It's scary how simple it is, but you know, your story sounds a little different from mine. It looks like you're more of a planner than I am. I just wanted to jump out. Of, I'm the guy who jumps out of the airplane without a parachute. And yeah. So I, I'm that type of guy too. If it wasn't for my wife, I probably would have left like a year and a half ago and just jumped in. Yeah. I, I'm definitely like, I'm a planner to an extent, but at the same time, like I'll just, I'll just kind of wing it and go. Like since I've started, my whole thing is if I can sell it, I'll figure out how I can get it done. Mm -hmm. um you know there's i've been asked to do bids on stuff that i'm like i have no idea what i'm even gonna do um i just figure it out yeah you know, not that i don't know how to do the work but like it's just yeah. too big of a that's, job for my equipment or yeah that's an entrepreneur's attitude i mean my, i was a stain guy and then i decided i wanted to have a power washer so i sold a really high-end house wash and then the day of the job i went and bought the power washer you know that's just I bought my that thing, first fence I did. I bought my power washer. The uh, another local company sold me a power washer for five hundred bucks. He met me on the job site that day. I used the money that was supposed to go to pay my mortgage. That uh, you know we were gonna wash this fence and then stain it the next day, and we'd be good to go. I, I sold it for a decent amount. It was like a seventeen hundred dollar job. So I was like, yeah, we're fine the guy that was supposed to stain for me kind of backed out and we went and bought an airless sprayer and my wife did it and it took us a week to get it all done between working at Publix and everything. But we just made it happen. That's the way it goes. My wife is a very good stainer too, back in the day, the best. So that's funny, man. That's, did you feel like there was a weight lifted off of you when you finally stepped away and went out on your own, maybe a week, two weeks in or a month in or really, yeah, really like, right honestly, now? uh, when I put in my notice, I was, it was just like a relief, you know, it, I mean, it's a, it's a good job. It's good benefits, but it's, it's stressful. It's a lot. I mean, managing 14 managers, 192 people and 18,000 customers a week. Um, you know, it's a million dollar a week business. It's, it's a lot of not physical work, but it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of headache. Um, so as soon as I did that, I was like, oh man, I felt so much better. And then that first day we actually, we had like a cookout and had family over and stuff and just kind of relaxed for the weekend. It, it was just a relief taking a weekend off. Wow. And then Monday we just jumped on it and it, it was August. I was only able to actually stay in four decks the whole month because of the rain, but we you just kept going. Yeah. So what did, so you had that family cookout. What kind of, what, what did you hear from family? Did you get good, good feedback or were people telling you you're crazy for quitting your great job? Or? Most of them were, I mean, crazy, like thinking I'm crazy, but they were supportive. Um, I, my dad, when we first, when I first started talking to him about it, kept telling me I was stupid and that I shouldn't do it. And, um, 
several other people were like, you know, what are you thinking? But a lot of people, even, you know, like at Publix and other places that I've talked to, people are just like, yeah, I wish I could do that. Or that's awesome. Most of it was, was pretty positive. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. because, And, and I think that's changing because in past, it was pretty much you're crazy and you're an idiot to not stay there. You're do your 30 years and get your gold watch and go home. And nowadays, you know, the older generation has still got that mindset, but I think the younger people are starting to realize that um, if you want to make a jump, you can nowadays probably easier than ever before. Yeah. I think that's a lot, you know, like you, you talk about, like I see people talking about the the hiring pool and things and you know, saying people are lazy. I, I really don't think that's it. Some people are lazy, but, there's so many ways to make money these days that like, why would you go work somewhere for $10 an hour? Yeah. When you can, you can do that driving for Uber or something like that on your own terms. And I, I think this whole pandemic has kind of encouraged that a little bit more because it's it, realistically right now, it's the easiest time ever to, yeah. to start your own business and, and get work and, yeah, so a lot of companies get work right now because they answer the phone. You're, yeah. Well, you're the only guy who answered the phone or only one who called me back, so we'll go I, with I get that all the time. Like, we're the only ones that actually did an estimate and came out and said, you know, did what we said we're going to do. I keep saying, like, if you just care about what you do, do what you say you're going to do, wear a decent-looking shirt, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you'll be set. Yeah. If you care about it, you know, you can figure the rest out. So yeah. I agree with that. Um, so what's the rest of the year look like? What are you doing to get ready for next year? Uh, so we are in the process of getting a our first like office slash shop. Um, so we can move out of the garage and we're going to set up to start pre-staining a little bit. I've got a couple of fence contractors interested in that. Uh, mostly just trying to get out of my garage and mm -hmm. get things sorted. Uh, I just made a couple hires. I'm looking to have a, a crew going into January that does all of the washing and be training a stain guy. Uh, just got an office person and we, we got a big goal for next year. I'm hoping to do 500,000. Um, I don't know if that's, reasonable or reachable, but I'm going to try as hard as I can to get there. You can do it. You can do that. You're, you're you served kind of like the Atlanta market. What, what part of the market are you in? Uh, we're, I'm about two and a half hours from Atlanta. We have, um, so we've got a lot of good things going for us in Augusta. We've, they're building the NSA cyber center, uh, nearby and where that's located and my house is where everybody kind of lives in between. So, you know, we're working on trying to rank higher in those areas and a couple towns nearby. Um, a lot of growth. I think a few years ago, they said they were going to bring 10,000 new jobs to Fort Gordon through the NSA. We also have the, the masters golf tournament. Um, hopefully that'll be back to normal this year. If you're not familiar with that, it's, it's one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world. And it's 10 minutes from us. Um, and this is the time of year. I mean, people rent their houses out for a master's for anywhere from 5000 to $60,000 for the week. And they put yeah. that money back into making making stuff yeah, look nice. A, 
Yeah, there's a huge surge in that market when when Masters comes in with exterior cleanliness and and looking nice maintenance. Yeah, March, you know, a lot of people are still kind of slower February and March, but that's like that's when we get crazy because Masters is the first of April. What's your drive time look like for your for your service area? How far well, out is so your, your average we, job? We typically stay within 30 minutes. Um but we'll go up to about an hour. I think, I think so for, for us, we could always scale more if we had our drive time closer. So we, we, we choose to be kind of out in the country a little ways. We're about an hour yeah. and a half from Nashville when we service the market um, of Nashville and then between us and Nashville and the money's in Nashville. You got to go get it. But window time, drive time is uh, it's tough for us. So yeah, I always envy people who've got the 10 minute, in you know 10 minutes here 10 minutes there to their job site that makes a big difference um, but we get a lot of like i'm in the middle of like the four biggest jobs we've ever done kind of back to back and uh, three of those four are out i mean one of them is only like 15 minutes away but two of them are about 30 minutes away kind of out in the country but they're mm -hmm. bigger much bigger jobs you know it's worth it the one of them i you know i probably drove out there seven or eight times but we, we got it done and made made a new customer. Next year, they want us to come back and do the house. Nice. What were so many trips for just because of weather and estimating and things like that? Yeah, doing the estimate, uh, weather. Um, this one was a little tougher. We did. So it was a gazebo, a deck, an upper deck, and two sets of stairs that are on the side of the house. And we it had an old water-based stain on it. So we, we did the stain and seal on the, the flats and then painted the um, railings and stuff with Sherwin-Williams 9600 series instead of trying to strip it all and going. So doing it by hand took a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of work. Sounds good. And it was there was like a well there. I mean, a bunch of little things. So it just all added up, took a lot. It would start raining or something mess us up. Yeah. That's the way it goes sometimes. It's it's that time of year for us. Our it's really unseasonably cold right now and unseasonably wet. So we're hoping yeah. that'll clear up. Yeah, like the cleaning should have taken me a day and it took two so it started raining halfway through the day and it was too much. Like the stripper was just falling right off. Awesome. Well, hey, why don't we take a couple questions? Looks like you've got some questions. I don't know if you want to answer them or not. You don't you can completely not answer it because one of them is is um it's it's personal but not personal if that makes sense um let's see so john allen this is just a comment um i'm just going to read them all so wallace wimmer says hey buddy low humidity in appalachia uh, perfect time to stain love your content and the and the app he loves his stain so experts app that's great thanks wallace bryce says he can hear john allen started a lawn care company a few back and then dex took off um and until his schedule changed so i guess he got busy with those couple other people said hello. Um, John over in Charlotte says the health insurance is a big thing holding him up. I think that's true for a lot of people. You know, that, that was a big thing for us too. And then we started looking into it. Um, you can go through the, like the, the marketplace and get some decent stuff. But what we kind of ended up deciding is uh, there's all these like medical sharing companies uh, like I think Sedora, um, 
I forget the one that we're going with, uh, but there's so many of them and it's like what we looked at was 300 bucks a month for a, for a family of six. And that's a high deductible plan where if anything happens over $12,000, they're going to help us cover that. And then we did a direct primary care membership with a, a doctor that does that where he doesn't deal with insurance at all. So he's a lot less stressful or stressed out than most doctors. And he doesn't need to see a hundred patients a day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we actually see our doctor and we spent 30 minutes with him each visit. You know, we, we pay less for the two of those than what we were paying through my work for insurance. Yeah. So a lot of people, um, what happens, they get on the open marketplace and they buy a blue cross blue shield or something. And for a family it's two or 3000 bucks. Yeah. It, it just scares them to death. It freaks them out. What, but so we started asking a lot of people who work at, at those jobs, kind of like what you had, the, the job that you get and never leave utility companies, power companies, you know, natural gas, uh, Nissan, uh, big grocery chains like you were at. And we, we just asked, what is the insurance or school teachers even what's the insurance like? And we would get the number a month, what it costs for individual and then what it costs for a family and then what it covers and deductibles and things like that. And we added it all up and we found this place. There's a lot of them, like the MediShare you were talking about. Um, and I think the one we went with was um, Christian Healthcare Ministries or something like that. Yeah, and, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And for for us, for we have four kids. It's 580 bucks a month. And it's yeah. and, and here's the thing. It's it's kind of like a way around the system because it's you're you're fully insured, but it's um, it's a med- medical share program. Um, and if. I, I wasn't on the phone call, so I don't know all the details, but essentially you, you tell, you go to the hospital and you get the self pay price. Yep. So I know years ago when I was very young and had our first kid in the hospital, we found out that it was like 7,500 or $10,000 to have a baby with insurance. But if you paid for it with upfront with cash, it was 1500 bucks. I thought, well, that's weird. And so, and then somebody the other day had an had a, a surgery and they said, well, it was $17,000 to do it, maybe gallbladder or something through insurance. And it was like $3,500 to self-pay. So with the with the Christian Healthcare Ministries and the other share programs, you basically, you get self-pay pricing, you get the invoice, you send it to the, in, the, the ministry, they pay it. It's part of your insurance plan and it's fully covered. So that's what we're doing. And, and actually we've not told everybody in our office yet, but we're, we're going to go full insurance for everybody this year, which is yeah. huge for us. And it's going to, it's going to put companies like you and me on the, on the scene where we can be competitive in the marketplace, you know, with, with all these mandates and things coming, there's a lot of people, really good people walking out of really good jobs. And, and we can, people like you and I can get those people on our team with benefits like that. So, yeah. And important. you can, you can show them, you know, like, Hey, look, you can do this and it's going to be the same or less mm-hmm. than what you're paying out. And it's, I mean, to me, it's better yeah. because you don't have to deal with insurance. Like I said, my doctor, direct primary care, if he sees 12 patients a day, that's a busy day for him. Most doctors need to see 12 on the hour, every hour, or they're yeah. not going to, you know, they're not going to be able to keep the doors open. Yep. And they got to deal with insurance and, and it's crazy. And yeah, I can, the insurance thing is, is big. I think it's a big one that, that hold a lot of people back, but I almost feel like it's wool pulled over people's eyes because 
when you really dig into it, it's it's kind of a lie. It's, yeah, the whole I've always thought the whole like medical system is just like a big scam. I mean, the fact that you know they if if you're going to the doctor for something, they're going to charge you three times the price of what it is because they know insurance will pay it. But then if you don't have insurance, they're like, oh, no, it's really only cost us this much. Yeah, so, it's the, yeah, we, we need to come up with a staining insurance. You know, if you have stain insurance, it's 12 grand. If not, just give us 600 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. That's the way things work. But it sounds like the world is going to be changing. So here's another question, somewhat unrelated. But did you have to forfeit stock? And he's the reason he's asking is he's somewhat invested in a company as well. And he's considering leaving and going full time with his business. You got any no, insight um, on that? So we have what we had at Publix was we have a profit plan, which is the stock that they give us every year. And then we have our 401k. Um, I am able to just leave that where it is and not touch it. Uh, the nice thing is it's a, it's a good bit. So if if we do get into a bad spot, you know, we've we got that as backup. But um, the, the plan is to leave that there and. Uh, I want to get the 401k moved over into an IRA that I can continue to contribute to because that's, that's a big thing with small business owners is most of them don't prepare for retirement. Mm -hmm. They either just kind of make it and hope that they have enough social security or can sell their business. But a lot of people don't think about it. So yeah, the, the good thing for me coming from Publix is I've been thinking about retirement for a long time because they kind of, they push it on you and tell you about it and talk to you about it. So it, I'm trying to keep that growing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool that they, they, they let you keep that. That's awesome. And you can, you can, you're still a part of that because you, you put so yeah. much of your life in it. You're still, you're still a part of that. So that's cool. I'm not able to buy more at this point from, you know, cause Publix is a privately owned company, but I've got a good bit and, you know, now I can start diversifying a little bit more because too much of my retirement is in one thing. Well, that's true. That's true. You never know. Somebody says the wrong thing from Publix and what could happen, you know, or, yeah. you know, Amazon buys them out or something. Um, oh, if, if that happens, that'll be good for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Wallace says, please elaborate on the health insurance. We, I think we did just check out the, med the medical share programs and uh, Christian healthcare ministries and things like that. And Check that out. That's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, I, th I think medical sharing and direct primary care, like combined, is absolutely the way to go. Like, I, my wife's going to be um, a, a teacher in, in about two years. So we'll have her, you know, state insurance, but I'll, I'll probably still keep the direct primary care and then just another one. Just be a backup. Yeah, I've got another one, too, from notes I took with Matt Warner the other day that I'll add to that. Um, it's $50 a day. Let's see. Matt Warner, here we go. I'm a note taker now. I didn't used to be. But they're doing they're doing the same thing, and uh, that's what got me really started. But they've got some kind of thing where – okay, here it is. Um, they've got Family Medical Access Program. And it's an on-call doctor um, that's $50 a month per, per person, uh, per employee uh, in their family. So it's 50 bucks a month and they got an on-call doctor. And the, the, um, what, the way he described it to me is one of our people had a kid who had a pink, they knew it was pink eyed. They basically took a picture, sent it to the doctor on a Sunday afternoon. 
and they got a prescription and the doctor said, yep, that's pink eye. They got a prescription right on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's walk a... right in and, and get, get, get that, um, high end care where you can just walk right in. You're treated like a human being and not, you know, that's a good way to go. Uh, like our doctor does the virtual thing. He, you know, he, the one thing he says is most doctors that deal with insurance want you sick and they want you in the, in the office as much as possible. Mm-hmm. He's the opposite. He wants you out of the office as much as possible. So he'll video chat you. He'll text me. Uh, I'll get texts from him at like nine o'clock at night randomly with like, hey, how's this medicine going? Or Yeah, doctors uh, are business owners too. So that's what yeah. it goes. And, and, and now like with, with this, I'm his customer, not the insurance company. So yeah. he wants to make me happy, not them. So yeah, he's more worried about making sure – we're doing what we need to do and being taken care of. That's a big change because it is, it's really about at the end of the day, it's like most people that become a doctor, they do it because they want to help people. Yeah. And, and with, with the way insurance is set up, they, you know, the insurance company is their customer, not the patient. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So we got another question from Troy Morgan here. He says, wash, are you washing and then staining the next day? And then are you using water-based or oil-based stain? Um, it, it depends on the time of year. Ideally, yes, wash and stain the next day. Uh, during the summer, it's hot. I could probably wash and stain in the afternoon. Uh, this time of year, it gets a little bit harder. Like on a deck right now, it's a little bit cooler. I won't start till like noon and it takes a couple of days to dry. I try to only use oil-based stain. Um, I, I exclusively use stain and seal experts, oil-based stain. Uh, if we do have a situation, sometimes like the deck I mentioned before, we need a water-based solid. Um, on a fence, I'll still use the, the stain and seal experts water base. On a deck, I go with Sherman Williams 9600 series. Good product, yeah. And that's that's it. That's all we use. If if somebody calls me, I had somebody recently calling me wanting me to use some. They said it was the most eco friendly product they could find on their deck. And it was clear. And I told them, please return that and don't put that clear stuff on your deck because it's not going to last. We It's the sun is just too bright. Yeah. It, it's just not going to work. Yeah, the industry doesn't do a good enough job of explaining what clears that they're a high end finish. And, and most of the time when, you know, people want clear, I get them on a light honey or a cedar or a pecan and they love it. Yeah. So here's another question. This one's personal. It's a two part question. You don't have to answer, answer it to your comfort level, but he says, where is your capital coming from for hiring and moving into lease space? And are you doing 1099s or are you actually on the books? Um, so we, uh, everybody is actually like a W2 employee, including myself. Um, so I'm paying myself like a salary and then my employees are hourly. Uh, as far as capital goes, we're just knocking out jobs and trying to keep Please it flowing. It. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been a little tight, you know, there was a week where I'm like, man, I got to finish this, this and this, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to make payroll and I'm, I'm going to have more weeks like that, but we're going to keep going and, and, and keep pushing. I mean, That's, we're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah. That's exactly the way we did it. Um, and speaking of 1099s, when we first started, we 1099 everybody. I think two years ago, we moved everybody to W4s or W2s. And, yeah. And, uh, and we just always bootstrapped everything. We never, never took loans or took private money. We just, 
you make a hundred bucks, you put a hundred bucks back in, you know, and it'll make 200. You bring 200, put it back in and it just kept, kept snowballing. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, the first year and a half I, I had my public's income and, you know, we probably, we probably spent a little bit more money than we should have, but we, we put a lot back into the business, mm -hmm. uh, built out some good equipment, got a good sprayer. I'm still not exactly where I want to be equipment wise, but you know, we're making it, uh, we were about to do a trailer rebuild and just broke out the Graco 390 that we bought, started using it. So, I mean, we, we've got pretty good stuff from that first year and a half. I, I would say if you're, if you're in a situation where you're looking to go full time, definitely get your equipment dialed in to what you really want before. So that way you're, yeah. you know, you're ready to go and, and yeah, for sure. money back into the business. Yeah, I, I believe in good equipment. I used to be a really big on buying used and trying to save money when I was owner operator, but now I see the light and understand that good equipment, expensive equipment does make a difference. Yeah. Not always, but usually it does. Makes a huge difference. Just, I mean, I get people that are like, man, that's the nicest trailer I've ever seen on a pressure washer. I'm going to hire you just because I've got a, a big, nice looking trailer. Yeah. What about uh, business classes? So John over in Charlotte says, did you take any business classes beforehand or what, if any research did you do to make sure your business aspect was squared away? So I've never directly took any business classes. Um, Publix does a lot of training. Like I've done like a seven habits of highly effective people class, a lot of different things throughout my career at Publix. Um, but ultimately like at my position there, I was, I mean, essentially like a business owner, like I ran a business, I managed people. I had to deal with P and L's and making sure we made money. Uh, and they, it kind of taught me everything that, that most business owners struggle with is, you know, like we, we talked about like 401k and things like that and saving for retirement. Um, I, I know how to manage inventory and, how to hire. I've done thousands of interviews with people over the years. I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, it, the, the leadership, you know, they give us a lot of leadership classes there. So there was a lot of stuff over the years that that Publix taught me. And probably for the past, I'd say five years, I've been reading books and listening to podcasts mm -hmm. and YouTube videos and all kinds of things like that nonstop. The, one of the things that finally led me to leaving my job was getting moved to a store that was an hour away. But I spent that whole almost a year driving two hours every day. So I listened to a lot of books, a lot of podcasts on that time. Yeah. And so it, it was a good opportunity. You know, it, I hated it, but it was a good opportunity to, to learn more. That's true. And I, I, I was a salesman for our family fence business for 10 years, all day, every day running estimates. And I Zig Ziglar, Dave Ramsey, and then every other piece of content or book I could consume, I just sucked it down. And and you don't feel like you learn anything, but later some, you'll do something, a behavior will appear and you'll go, hey, I know where I picked that up. Yeah. The cool thing that I found for me is like I read a book and it's like this big life changing book that everybody loves and I'm like, well, this is all just like what I've been doing at Publix for 16 years. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know it. Like a lot of it's like you just that's just what we've done. That's what I know. 
Yeah. So uh, it, it kind of like was set up because of that, because I've, I've learned so much that I just didn't even realize I was learning. That's the way it is. And, and there's more, I'll be honest, there's more stuff available now to people than I think there ever was. Yeah. Um, just, just the fact that you're paying your employees or w, you have employees um, and you're paying yourself payroll and you've been doing this for two months full time. Um, most back 10 years ago, people would work for 30 years for themselves and never do that. Yeah. I've, I've always, one thing about me is I always like, I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's making the customer happy, taking care of people, whatever it is, I want to do the right thing, what I feel is right, and make sure it's it's done. So, like to me, you can you can do a 1099, but to me, that's just not fair to the employee because that's making them have to be responsible for their own taxes and things like that, just to kind of save you some money. And it works. A lot of people do it, but mm -hmm. it's, it's just some, like to some me, people it's, want it. Some people do want yeah. it. And, um, and I respect that, but, uh, and that's great because it's no payroll tax that we have to pay. So yeah, it's a good it, thing. It definitely, workers compensation, it's definitely but, a big difference. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's very expensive to pay somebody. So that's another thing people need to, to consider is there's a thing called burden, um, which is it's payroll taxes. It's workers compensation. Uh, you got those other things to consider, but they're all manageable. Um, that's why it's important to charge a, a fair but a good price uh, for your services. Let's see yeah, if we got on, any more on questions. average, you got to account for about typically twenty five percent more than what mm -hmm. you're paying them, at least. Yep. Let's see here. Wow, that's an awesome cushion. Good info. Let's see. Do you market much? So, what's your marketing plan look like, and has it changed since you went from part time to full time? Uh, so my biggest thing has always been Facebook. Uh, I've never spent very much money on Facebook. I've just, I like to post stuff that I like. Uh, I've always been very big on supporting local businesses. So I post a lot, you know, if I see something good in a business, I'll post a picture of it or talk about it. Uh, I did the other day, the, the, we have a great local trash company. They were picking up our trash I took a picture and made a post about how awesome they are and how they've never missed uh, a pickup because you constantly almost weekly see somebody posting about all the other companies, the big corporate ones and how bad they are and how they never get their trash. And so I made a good post and it got 12,000 views. Yeah, it has nothing wow. to do with what I do, but that's 12,000 people that saw my name for free. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of like food posts. I like food. I like craft beer. I'll post random things like that and, and it gains more traction. Uh, I do a lot of before and afters and things like that. So it kind of builds credibility, but ultimately people don't care as much about that stuff. Like it looks good and they see that you can do the work, but it's not, you know, they're not going to comment and things like that. Um, since we've gone full time, uh, I started doing yard signs. I bought a bunch of door hangers. I haven't put out a lot of that stuff yet because we've just been swamped. Uh, I'm going to start kind of doing some targeting, you know, put up some yard signs in some certain areas, hit them with door hangers, hit them with a Facebook ad. Uh, I think that's the best way to go from what I've seen is, you know, you want to get like five to seven touches on the same people. Maybe, yeah. you know, a billboard in the area, send them some direct mail, some postcards. Uh, we're, we're ordering 
ridiculously expensive Christmas cards mm -hmm. that my wife's about to order uh, to send out to they're all really of our customers. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're super cute. So, you know, if she loves them, man. Let her do it. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's we're sending those out. Uh, got my office person that's going to handwrite all of them. Uh, mm -hmm. So I feel bad for her, but it'll be all right. Um, we do it. So we're going to send those operation. out to like previous customers. Yep. Um, and then just prospects and things. We, we do charity events as much as possible. Um, sometimes we're able to collect emails and things from those. So we'll, we'll hit them with a couple things. Uh, we try to be involved in the community. That's, that's one of the big things that I loved about Publix is we were constantly doing something. So I, I try to do that as much as I can. Um, whether it's, you know, like we fed the teachers at a school last year for teacher appreciation week. Um, any little thing that we can do and get involved in, we're going to do it. Uh, we're doing our first expo on Saturday. We're going to be set up at a fall festival. Ultimately to me, it's all, it's all about the branding and getting the name out there. Um, you don't have to spend a ton of money. I mean, the more money you spend, the better if you're doing it right, but you don't have to spend a ton of money. You can make yeah. some door hangers. You can, you know, we've got business cards, anything free that's out there. I'm on it. Like I'm on YouTube. Yeah. I'm on Facebook, TikTok. Um, I've had, I had a customer recently say, Hey, like I saw all your TikTok videos. Can you make sure you put my deck on TikTok? Oh, cool. That's neat. People I still haven't figured out a way to convert TikTok to making money, but it's there. People are seeing it. Yeah. That, that tells you that your customer base is actually on TikTok, which really yeah. surprises me. So I thought TikTok you know, was. A lot of people underestimate TikTok, but it's the, I, I think it's now like the number one platform in America and it's not we've just kids. A, we've got to get a TikTok expert to come on the show. We've got to do that. You know, that's the thing. Like I, I try to follow some accounts and it's like, it's, it's the young kids that are the TikTok experts and, and they're learning it and they're, they're crushing it. And I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just posting some videos and mm -hmm. maybe it sticks. Um, well, if somebody's watching or listening and you're, you know, somebody who knows how to crush TikTok for uh, service type businesses, we need to have you on here. To talk about it. Yeah. Whoever figures out how to, how to target like your area and get that going on TikTok is, is going to kill it because that it's, I mean, it's here. It's the future. You can see if you look on Facebook, they're trying to copy it. Yeah. You know, yeah, if are. Facebook's trying to copy it, there's a reason why. That is true. Yeah. So it sounds like though you're doing pretty basic stuff with marketing and you're doing the stuff that takes elbow grease. I think everybody who's looking for a silver bullet with marketing. And I think the main thing is you just got to be omnipresent. You got to put, you got to do the door hangers. You got to do the yeah. cards. You got to make the phone calls. You got to do those things. Um, if you put all your eggs in the social media basket, one platform or something like that, what if they, you know, what if uh, Facebook buys TikTok tomorrow and shuts it down, um, you know, or, or whatever, or if something crashes and uh, they can't crash uh, a yard sign, they can't crash phone calls. So, yeah, I mean, I think the key is, you know, getting your name in front of as many people as yeah. many times as possible. So the more, you know, my kids wear their leisure time pressure wash shirts to school all the time. And yeah. the teachers that we fed last year see them. Just little things like that. It's just keeping these people seeing it. They see me in the truck dropping them off in the car line. They see me driving through the neighborhoods. 
just basic stuff like yeah be known Are your trucks wrapped uh no not yet that's going to be the next step um we're moving into office getting a sales car and then going to work on getting the truck wrapped and then get the car wrapped cool man that's awesome that's fast you're making fast you're 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 making waves man yeah, we're, we're trying. I mean, I've got, like I said, I got big goals for next year. Um, I have no idea if we can even make it happen, but I'm going to try as hard as I can. Um, so do you have, um, well, I guess you're sort of the operations manager. Do you have somebody to handle run operations for you? Or are you planning on working on the business? Or are you planning on being in the field some or what's, what are your thoughts? So right now I'm kind of doing everything. Um, I'm staining, I'm washing, um, uh, I'm, I'm teaching my office person how to do a lot of that stuff to take that kind of off my plate, trying to get some processes in place there with like scripts and things like that to kind of streamline that. Um, I'm training some guys to take over on the washing side of things and I'll, I'll ramp up like some ads and things to get them more work and keep them busy with just doing the pressure washing and, and then ease them into cleaning decks and fences. Cause that's a little bit harder. So I want them to be with me for a while on that. And then my next step is going to be uh, staining is I want to get somebody as a, a stain crew leader and a, you know, a, a technician to help them that my goal for that is to by the spring to have that in place and I'll just be focusing on sales and networking. Uh, and then after that, you know, hiring a sales rep, that's the part I like the most. So I don't know that I'll give that up completely, but I know, I mean, a, a good sales rep can be a big key to growth as long as you can get the work done. That's true. That is true. You know, uh, John asks, is there anything I would recommend? I think that's just a follow up for the, uh, for the business question. I think you pretty much summed it up. Learn all you can learn. Um, learn what a PL is. Learn how to... Um, to do those things and do it right and you'll be okay. And I would recommend just off the bat, you may have heard of this guy's Tom Reber over at the contractor fight. He, um, he makes it real simple for guys that are, that are contractors to understand why you have to charge how much money you have to charge in order just to break even. Um, and then, then we'd start talking about profits and things like that. So yeah, I've, I've listened to a lot of their stuff, the, like the contractor sales Academy and the contractor fight and the, the Shinfu process and, Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff is is great i mean they've got a lot of just just the facebook group i mean there's a lot of good resources there i think that's the key you just gotta you gotta find the right people and do what they do i agree with that 100 percent. let's see i have a question regarding insurance where do you get insurance both staining and power washing if you don't mind how much do you pay for general liability um i you want to take that one um, so we use a local rep. I know there's, there's a lot of people in a lot of the like pressure washing groups and things like that. Uh, I, I just prefer to deal with someone local. Yep. That's, that's kind of how I've always been with everything. I, it could be good either way. Um, uh, you know, having somebody that specializes in that, um, might help, might benefit you. The biggest thing I know with pressure washing is a lot of a lot of insurance companies don't really know what they're doing. So you got to look at the policy, make sure you're actually covered for what you're doing. Cause a lot of people will just write you a policy and you think you're good and you're not, um, you know, ours is covered for painting up to three stories and 
things like that where where some you're not even allowed to like get on a ladder or get on a roof. So you, you got to make sure that your specific policy and your insurance person knows exactly what you're doing and what you need. Yeah. I, as far as how much we pay, honestly, I don't really know. Um, it just, it's a like auto draft every it's, month. It's not much. It's really not. Just, I think it's like 1500 bucks a year for the general liability, maybe less. Yeah, I, th- I think when I first started, my general liability policy was three or 400 bucks a year. It wasn't much. Now yeah. it's quite a bit higher, but we're a much bigger company. The like the commercial auto and mm-hmm. and workers comp is where it gets a lot more expensive. Yeah, it, it's expensive if you don't plan for it. If you if you yeah. don't plan for it, you're fine. Yeah, if you charge the right prices, it's I mean it's all about working all that in. Yep, I agree. So a lot of guys ask, is there anything you'd recommend? You know, and here's the thing: you're a hustler, you're a go getter. I think anybody can make this jump. So next I want you to just give some advice to maybe what you'd say to people on the fence. And I'll, I'll start it off with saying what my advice is there's, and I'm, I've tried my best to find this quote, but there was a Clint Eastwood quote. When I was a kid, I loved Western movies. And there was a Clint Eastwood quote where he said something to the effect of it's, it's not about what, what you know about me. It's about what you know about yourself deep down inside. Um, And I can't remember what the quote was about, but basically don't listen to what what I'm saying or what Tim's saying. You got to know deep down inside that you're going to commit to something and you're going to do it and you're going to follow through. You just got to you got to connect your brain. I'm going to do it with your heart. That's going to make you do it, and you got to get out there and doing it. And I think if you if you make that commitment, you're going to find a way to market. You're going to find a way to get the job done. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to. If, you know, you see so many people sitting on the fence for so many years or just I've seen guys that have a ton of money in the bank, a business that's booming, and then they're still working that nine to five, hating their life because they're scared. What if what if it doesn't work out? And I'm like, man, there is no plan B. We're just going to make plan A work. What what advice would you give to somebody right now who's sitting on the fence? Um, you know, so I saw a quote earlier that was it basically said, uh, just take the jump and, and your wings will figure it out from there as yeah. you're following. Um, one thing, so you're, you're never going to be ready and there's never going to be a good time. That's one thing I've learned through Publix. Uh, you're never going to be ready for that next step. I'm not ready to move into an office. I'm not prepared for it. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen and we're going to be successful. There's never a good time. There's never like, Oh, I've got tons of money and I'm ready to just jump on this and do it. It's just, you just got to make it work. Um, you know, learn what you need to learn and, and keep learning. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things is keep studying and learning and, and just get out there and do what you say you're going to do and do it right and be professional. You I know, agree look, with that. Look the part, act the part. And, and the one big thing I'll say is if you got to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. And then you surround yourself with people that are good at what you're not good at. Yeah. I think I've heard Caleb say it before. He was never a great stain guy, but he got some people that are. Um, That's how I got so good at cleaning up messes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, find out like for the last year and a half, like I, I'm starting to get a little bit better at staining. I never did a lot of it. My wife did it all. Um, so I'm I'm still kind of learning 
I mean, we're doing pretty good and it looks good. And, but I'm constantly learning. I'm trying to keep growing. Yeah. The thing about me was I was never great. I could like, I could take a brush and do a cut in and I could try as hard as I could to do a perfect cut. And then I would get some on the house and it used to frustrate me so bad. Cause I see other guys. I remember I hired a 17 year old guy. Uh, we hired him between high school and him going to the air force. And he picked up a brush the first day and he could cut in like Bob Ross. It was yeah. just perfect. And it frustrated That's me. Um, but I knew what it was supposed to look like when it was right. And I cared enough to make it right. So if I could, yeah. we'll figure it out. You know, that's the thing. Like I know what to do. It's just how to do it. Like I'm not, I'm not great with mm -hmm. it. I'm not efficient, but I can get it there. Yeah. Uh, my wife is like that. She can cut in anything um, and not even tape or cover or anything. Yeah. So I think, I think the key there is commitment. If you commit to it and if you care enough um, about, the finished product if you truly care uh it'll be right but here's a uh, quote that i remember from zig ziglar when i was a when i was uh growing up listening to this stuff about the right time to do it and it is the the quote goes like this it's the bride white of hair is stooped over her cane her footsteps uncertain need guiding while down the opposite church aisle with a wane toothless smile the bridegroom in a wheelchair comes riding now who is this elderly couple thus wed? Well, you'll find when you've carefully explored it, here is that rare, most conservative pair who waited till they could afford it. You know, when you, when, when are you going to be able to afford to get married or have kids or get yeah, the office? Just, you know, you, you're never going to find that perfect time. So we just did it. Four kids didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Made more money each year since. So we'll just hey, keep well, here's another question for you. So you have four kids. People that have four kids are weird. I've got four kids. You know, everybody's like, why did you have three or four kids? Isn't two enough? Um, so obviously family time is important to you. What's happened to your family life since you've since you've done this? Uh so it's you know, I'm I'm probably working just as much, but it's the times, you know, like I I'm here a lot of mornings for uh, getting the kids ready for school. Uh, my wife has to be gone by like seven, a couple days a week. So like I take the kids to school. I take, I have, we, we say two sets of kids cause I've got a 10 and a nine year old and a three and four year old. So I take each set of kids to school at least once a week where that might've been like a once a month thing before. So it's those little things like that. So are you um, getting to know your kids better? Yeah. I mean, on the, you know, we spend more time together. We talk more, um, I've, I've honestly, I've learned a lot more about my kids yeah. in the past two months, just from that. There's little things like taking them to school. My four-year-old comes up with the craziest questions and stories on the way home from school every day. Um, you know, he starts talking about eating people and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> uh, just before this, I was home early today. I was out back playing catch with my son, my oldest and his friend. Um, uh, and before it was like uh, 6 30, 7 o'clock, 7 30. I get home and I'm just tired drained from waking up at four o'clock and being gone all day and dealing with people. And so it's, it's just, it's a lot better. I mean, yeah. it, there's, there's stress, you know, there's, I'm trying to get a lot done. I've got a lot more on my mind, uh, but it's my stress. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's all stuff that, I control ultimately. So it's figuring out how to 
manage that and, and move past it. I mean, I see my kids every weekend now. Um, it might be hectic with sports and dance and things like that, but we pretty much spend the weekends together. Um, well, the, ki- the kids will get used to your dance schedule. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, that's, I think that's what it's really all about. Everybody wants the freedom and, and, and it's, it's not always more freedom. And, and I know a lot of people, we got some questions about where's your capital coming from. I used to always get that question and you've obviously gotten it. Where's your capital coming from, man? There is no capital. It's just working. Yeah. It's, it's rolling it back in and it's being optimistic. It's um, just grinding and hoping to make it. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think, just gotta I think the internet shows, I think the internet gives a lot of people the portrayal that um, things maybe are bigger than they are. And, and they see a guy like you uh, with a nice shirt, a nice hat that's branded. You've got your logo, you've got a website, these things you've worked on probably from the hours of 9 PM to 2:30 AM uh, that you probably did on your own. I know that's the way I did all of mine starting out. Um, yeah. And then everybody says, man, if I just had a backer, you know, or money like you and an investor, and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I don't have an investor. Um, we don't have, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. So don't don't sit there and look at all these people on the Internet and think, oh, they must have an investor. And that's the reason I can't do it, because I don't have one. Nine out of 10 folks don't have an investor. So jump. If yeah. You're thinking about jump and do it. Realistically, yeah. If I had a bunch of money, I could, you know, I could get the truck wrapped, buy all new equipment. Mm-hmm. Sure. It'd be a lot easier. Yep. But the my biggest thing from the get-go is I've always wanted to appear bigger than I was. I never, yeah. you know, really mentioned that like this was a side thing or that I worked at Publix. Uh, um, this was, this was where leisure time pressure wash is what we do. Um, we bought polo shirts pretty early. Cause I think, you know, to me, it just, it's that perception thing. I got something on my truck. Uh, when I started, I had an old 95 Ram, um, uh, old beat up looking truck and I'm going telling people like, Hey, I want to stay in your deck for $3,000. And you know, we just, just kept going. Um, I finally, I got a newer truck. I remember when you got there, it was a new Dodge truck, wasn't it? Yeah. And I remember when you got that, it was, it was meant to be the transmission went out and I saw this blue truck that was the same color as my logo that just got made and everything. So we, we jumped into that and it's like I said, it's always, uh, you know, we appear like, a legitimate company, not saying we're not, but that's, that's always, it's all about the perception. You show up to a job in a t-shirt and holy jeans with nothing saying who you are or what you're doing or anything. You, you get, you know, like that's, you, you attract the kind of people. Yeah. That I know what you you're saying. If, if you, if you look like a respectable professional, they're going to respect you like a professional. You know, yeah. if, if you come out there in a three-piece suit driving a, a, a really nice luxury automobile, they're going to treat you different than if you show up in a, in a beat-up Pinto. So that's the way it goes. Here's a guy who's asking a question about how do you go about getting into your own office space? I'll be starting out working out of a single car garage, but thinking about renting an RV or boat storage before I start in 2022. Um, um, you want me to... For well, for me, it was kind of a. It just kind of happened. Um, I was I was wanting to get out of my garage. I was looking at storage units. I found a place, and I was like, "Oh, this would be perfect." It was like a ten by thirty storage unit. It's five minutes from my house. I can fit my trailer in there and all my equipment. Get everything out of my garage, and it was like two hundred bucks a month. 
So I got all excited about it. I went over there. It's got an eight foot door and I can't fit an eight foot trailer. Well, it's a seven foot trailer through an eight foot door. And I'm like, man, this isn't going to work. So I started looking, found a guy that was going to let me use a spot in his warehouse down the street. Uh, it was perfect. I was all excited getting ready to move in there. And then uh, he, he not really changed his mind. He had already promised it to somebody else. Um, so that guy said he was going to do it. And so it didn't work out, but I just, I didn't give up. I just kept looking. There's, I think there's about three warehouse spaces for rent in my area right now. And I've looked at all of them and I've looked into everything I can at, around the same time. I went to the Stanion university event in Columbus and saw, you know, they're set up for pre-staining and it's something I've been wanting to get into for a while. So I'm like, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. And I found this office space. It's got, it's way too big for me. It's got like eight offices, a conference room, a 1200 square foot warehouse. Um, and I'm like, man, I can't, I can't afford this place. And it's too big. It's way too much. So I found a, a roofing friend that needs office space. We're going to split it. And I'm going to be set up for pre-staining. I got the warehouse side. He's got the office side and we're just, we're going for it. That's awesome. I'll tell you the story how I got my first office. I found a building down, you know, so my, my stain business started in a trailer and, uh, and then we, me and my wife bought a farm and I had a sheep shed, a Quonset hut, one of those silver metal Quonset huts. And that's, that's where our stain business was ran out of every morning. All of me and, and one helper would walk back there and then a hundred sheep, I had sheep, they would jump up and run out of the shed knock over stain buckets and Oof. that was the way it's, that's the way it started that's way we started making stain in there too and then um i thought man we got to find a building and i found a building it wasn't for sale it was sitting empty and it was like a i don't know a 40 by 50 building with an upstairs office it was a they used to build uh they used to repair semi trucks there was an old truck like a truck kind of like a small trucking company and um I found out who owned it and called the guy up and asked him if he'd sell it. I didn't have any money um, to buy a building like that. So I, I just asked him if he'd sell it and he said, sure. And he told me how much, and it was way more than I thought the building was worth. Um, so I just called him back and offered him. I said, Hey, why don't I give you exactly what you want for it? And you owner finance it to me. I'll put this much money down and I'll put it on a five-year note. Um, and I paid the building off in two years. I got it, paid it off in two years, and then I actually sold it. Wish I would have kept it, but I sold it for a pretty nice profit. So um, you'd be surprised. A lot of people will work owner finance deals with you. And uh, here's, the, here's the way my mind works. If you're looking for a piece of, of, of real estate and you can't, maybe, maybe you're thinking, I don't want to pull my credit. I don't want to do all that. I don't have good credit or something like that. And let's say somebody's got a... Um, a nice warehouse and they want $250,000 for it. You can, you can go to them and offer them $300,000 for it and let them tote the note on it for you. Basically. I mean, it's the same thing as a tote the note. Yeah. Car say, Hey, you owner finance it. Um, and they hold the mortgage. It's no different than a regular mortgage, except they hold the mortgage and they make the interest on it. And usually it's lower interest. You still have a deed to the property. It's yours. If you pay the bill, it's always yours. And, um, that's a great way to do it. And it's a great return. If you can find somebody that owns the property who doesn't need the money, 
who's just going to put it in the bank anyways, well, they'll get a better return from you. And, um, and if you talk about an easy way to get a mortgage, you walk right into the, to the, uh, to the attorney's office, you sign a couple of papers and boom, it's yours. You close on it in a week, you know? So that's yeah. how I always, that's how I always bought commercial real estate was that way because it was just because I really didn't think I qualified for, you know, but, you know, I was afraid I wouldn't qualify for a commercial mortgage or something like that. So I would just go straight to the owner. Another thing um, we hadn't done this yet, but it was, it was a possibility. So you can find just a cheap house with a garage mm -hmm. and buy it. Um, I got a buddy that he did that with his lawn care business. He bought a $60,000 house that had a garage he set up a little office in the house and kept all this stuff in the garage. And now it's his rental property. Yep. Fence in the backyard, keep your extra stuff back there. That, that, that works. Yeah, that's for sure, man. Well, any closing advice? I know we're, uh, we've been on here way longer than probably you, you had time for. I know you got kids to go see and so do I. So any closing advice? Um, I mean, like I said before, there's, there's never going to be a perfect time. If, if it's something that you're on the fence about, either make a plan and do it or, or just jump in. Um, well, well, congratulations. You just got to have the drive to make it yeah. happen. Congratulations on doing it and congratulations on having a, a wife, a partner in life who supported you in it. Cause a lot of guys don't have that. And that's so important to have a cheerleader at home uh, cheerleading for you. So congratulations. I think you're going to do good, but I think you're, you're setting your sights too low 500 grand, man. I think you can probably do better than that. Well, it's about it's it's going to be about four times than where we're at right now this year. So okay. I'm hoping it'll be more. Uh, my goal yeah. is to do a million in like three years. I, yeah, I think I think if here's OK. So for my business, when I hired an operations man, my accountant, I told him what my goal was for 2021. And he said, this is my accountant. He's he's from New York and he's Jewish uh, and a Christian. However, that works. Um, he says he's a completed Jew, so a Christian, but he's from New York. And he said, I told him what my goal was. And he said, you'll never do it. You'll never do it unless you hire an operations manager. It's never going to happen. So I hired an operations manager and we hit our goal. Um, and I think that for me, I'm, I'm a vision guy. I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I can come up with great ideas. And I really needed somebody on my team to execute. And I hired someone I, I didn't think I could afford. Um, it was more, I was paying them more money than I'd ever made. And so it scared me to death, but it was the best move I've ever made. And I've made that same move three or four times now and it always yeah. pays off. So that's, don't be that's afraid. Thing. You've got to get the right people in place. Um, like, you know, right now it's, it's, yeah. I need people to do the work. I've got to get out of the field so that I can focus on sales and, and networking. Yep. Networking is like the biggest thing, uh, you know, join a BNI group, talk to people, Go to whatever little meetups you can. I mean, there's tons of them out there everywhere. Meet other business owners and salespeople because yep. you essentially get free sales reps. Yeah. Get a, idea and they spread the word. A, there's a trend that I'm seeing. You know, entrepreneurs used, there used to be a lot of guys who think, well, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to hire a bunch of $9 an hour guys and I'm going to get rich real fast. I'm going to get a speedboat and a big house and, um, I'm going to get my wife plastic surgery. You know, that was, that was what you saw these people doing. And then they're just working their people to death and they talk to them like dogs. I think those days are sort of coming to an end because now people are seeing the advantage of, Hey, let's hire really good people that yeah. cost us a, a lot of money. And 
they're going to be winners and we don't have to train them to be winners because they're, that's just who they are. And um, if you can find some winners and get them on your team, they're going to cost you, but they're going to, they're going to make you money. Yes. Find the right people, take care of them and, and have a good, just company culture. I mean, you can tell from you guys that it's there. It's all about taking care of the people. Cause if you know, like I always say, I'm not, I'm not in the staining business. I'm in the people business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here to serve customers and, Take care of people. That's, yeah, you. That's exact. I've got a note that I wrote the other day. It says we're a customer service business who sells. Yeah, stain. we just yeah. happen to stain and clean stuff. That's the way it goes, man. Tim, man, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for doing what you've done, man. It's a. I think you're going to be an inspiration for a lot of guys when they watch this. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, I appreciate everything. Uh, this you've been a big part of this whole thing. I mean, I got lucky and found this group. Well, from day group, one, yeah, so. the group is not me, man. It's it's thirty five hundred other guys that are smarter than me. So that's I learn a lot in it. So um, everybody says thanks on the, in the comments. Everybody appreciates it. So where if somebody from Augusta, Georgia, is watching right now, where can they come find you at? Uh, so we have uh, stainaugusta.com or leisuretimepressurewash.com. Um, you can you can find me on pretty much any social media platform. Um, you can reach out to me on Facebook. However, uh, I'm pretty easy to find. You, you search the name and you'll find it. Tim is a student of SEO, I can see. Nice job with that Stain Augusta uh, website. And if I mean, anybody out there has any questions about jumping in or whatever, just let me know. I'm always, awesome. I'm always available. Sounds great, man. Well, Tim, I will catch you on the next one. I appreciate your time. Have a good right. day. Thank you. Right, Thanks. All right, guys, that was awesome. I really appreciate Tim. And I think hopefully you guys took something away from it. I know I did. I'm, I'm seeing a change. You know, a couple of years ago, we would interview folks and it was, you know, they were, I guess what I'm trying to say is people are ahead of the game now. Tim, Tim has been, been in the, uh, on his own for two months and he's got his, he's got people on payroll. He's paying himself a salary. Um, he's going to start seeing profits in his company aside from his salary that he can invest back in his business. Um, and that's such a huge thing. Um, so all these guys, myself, Tom Reaver, you know, Joe Everest, all these other entrepreneurs that are um, putting content out there, it's working and it's, it's moving our industry um in, in an upward trajectory. So that's awesome. That's huge. We interviewed Logan Johnson the other day. He's 20 years old and he's doing the same things. He's doing uh, close to nine figure, close to seven figures in business. And um, as a 20 year old, and it's, it's working. So I'm proud to see that. If you want to learn more stuff like this, uh, just please subscribe to this YouTube channel and share it out with your friends. If you, if you've never been a part of the Staining University Facebook group, um, it's on Facebook at Staining University. And uh, there's 3,500 stain and wood restoration contractors in there where you can, you can post questions and things like that. It's a clean environment. You don't have to worry about knuckleheads uh, being in there and talking smack like they do in other groups. Um, so check that out. And if you want to find Tim, remember Leisure Time Power Wash and Restoration. You can find him at stainaugusta.com. And uh, that's it, guys. Check out uh, Expert Stain and Seal. That is Stain and Seal Experts. Uh, transitioning name. We're going to the expert stain and seal brand uh, just because we're moving up. You know, we're just trying to do things just like everybody else. And that's it. So you'll see more about that soon. 
Thanks. Stain and Seal Experts podcast. Check us out again on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Stain and Seal Experts podcast. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and check out Stain and Seal Experts on your favorite social media.